Michelle is a musician with albums released as Everyone Except Me and artist behind the post-apocalyptic webcomic Stray Cats. She's kind, a bit shy, and furiously creative. Henrik is a filmmaker with over two dozen films and TV shows as producer, director, and occasionally host. He also released a couple of music albums. He's bombastic, larger than life, and tenacious almost to a fault. Together, they've been best friends for a decade. This show is awkward. People need to know that <laughs> that Michelle is. You have changed the recording location uh, for your side of the podcast because uh, your uh, your air conditioning is just way too loud. And not only not and rightfully so, your air conditioning is loud. It's like eighty something degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not. I don't have central air, so I just have a like a. It's not really a window unit. It's like one of those floor movable ones, but it goes into the window. And it's not loud like the last one was where if I was having kind of a bad anxiety day, it would like upset me when it came on because it was so loud. (laughs) Um, But it's loud enough that it would probably like not sound good. Um, I can't like I have, you know, if I have my TV on my other room, I can't hear it right now. That kind of deal. So, yeah, I have central air and Mm. it's nice. It's still a little loud. Yeah, I mean, you can hear it. Um, yeah, and uh, when I do my other podcast, Weekly Spooky, that show is not, you know, it's not casual. It's it's extremely, as you punch your microphone violently. Yeah, sorry, everything is, is really <laughs> close together. I need people to know that you are podcasting in your bathroom, and that is phenomenal to me. <laughs> Um, also, this is the perfect time to mention, by the way, that um, the service we use to uh, to podcast together while apart, for those who didn't know, we're, we're not in the same room. I hate to destroy the illusion, uh, but we're over half a year in, so I'm going to destroy everything. But, um, but no, uh, they're getting ready to unveil the beta testing for video included. So oh, that you wow. can record two people's webcams at the same time. Oh, wow. So you better make that bathroom look nice. Oh my god. Uh, it's it's just uh, blue. It's blue <laughs> in here. But, but uh I don't know if I'm if I'm even a willing to go video because I can't tell you how many times I do this show before I get a good shower and am ready to go out into the world. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't, I, I, I just want everyone to understand, like, don't assume that I look good. Like I haven't, I was just outside and I'm really sweaty and stuff. So I'm okay with having video though. I mean, I'll just, but I'm just going to look really sweaty. Um, and, but my bigger concern about video is like, sometimes when I record, I'm rocking back and forth a lot. And I don't know. Sorry, that shouldn't have been that funny, but it was it's, absolutely it's okay. that funny. Um, but anyway, but away from the topic of video, because luckily it'll probably be at least a few weeks be- before we can even discuss it anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I do my my other podcast, Weekly Spooky, yeah, it's not casual at all. It's it's a it's a narration show mm-hmm. where I narrate a scary story. So I really do feel like I need a quiet background because it's supposed to be you know, you're in a quiet space with just me and I'm telling you the story. I feel that that's important. Yeah. Uh, and boy, does it get hot, uh, in my office. Yeah. Cause I, what I'll generally do is about 20 minutes before I know I'm going to do it. I turn the AC up really, like really strong. Mm-hmm. 
and let it just, you know, try to cool the house down to like 68 degrees. That's a good idea. And then as soon as I'm ready or it hits 68 degrees, I shut off the furnace or the AC, the HVAC, whatever, and I record. But dude, yesterday when I did that, um, I only, it only took me about 45 minutes to record weekly spooky and the house rose by like five degrees. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The outside is all warm. So it's coming in. Yeah. But I mean, like I, it's coming to get me, but I have like a, you know, I have an insulated home. Like you'd think it could hold the cold for like an hour. Well, it did. I mean, it's not like it went up 30 degrees. It's just, just fine. <laughs> well, that would literally be like the speed of an oven, the size of my house. If it went up by 30 degrees in an hour. <laughs> But just saying, but, um, but no, so, uh, and it's funny cause you know, in the winter it's really bad, uh, too. Cause I'll do the opposite. I'll turn the heat up to like 73 while I'm getting ready and then shut the furnace off and I can feel myself getting colder by the minute, Aww. but I prefer that to sweating because because feeling like you know hotter and hotter and hotter it feels a lot like what anxiety is like when it's growing mm-hmm. yeah so so i'll be doing the show and sweating and i'll be like oh my god why am i so nervous i've done this like 30 times <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it's 74 degrees in here yeah that oh, 74 it's <laughs> i'm i'm lucky right now if this bathroom is 78 i don't know Oh God! Um, my well, yeah. So you survive in that somehow. I can't. I I keep the house at about seventy two or seventy three at the warmest. Yeah, my my house could just on my kind of air conditioner could just never get down that cool. But also that's terrible, and I would I'd just be like wearing a jacket all and drinking <laughs> hot tea. So it's not happening. Well, you're a skinny little lady, so that sounded like an insult. I that's I mean literally, you are a skinny young woman. So of course you would be cold. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, we did just get the, we, I just got the, the, uh, the central, the, well, I just got the, uh, over the winter we had to get, we, uh, I guess me and my landlord, uh, I guess mm-hmm. is why I'm saying sure. we had or to get the furnace the work done. Me and the dogs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we had to get the, we had to get the, uh, furnace worked on and it's still not perfect. Uh, the furnace, like it mm-hmm. kicks on and then kicks off. Like when it doesn't need to kick on, Mm-mm. which is a little annoying, but it doesn't do it like forever. It'll just every now and then I'm like, why did it kick on? And then it kicks back off and I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, so which, which, you know, but you know what? I mean, right now we'll just see how it's looking next winter when I get it checked out. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but the AC, I'm so glad I had it serviced because it used to be so loud that when the air conditioning was on, I'd have to turn my movies up. Like the television would need to be turned up substantially. Yeah, that's because what it, it was so loud. Yeah, yeah. When I was growing up, the AC was like that. Yeah. But uh, after I got it serviced and cleaned up and stuff, it's not quite so bad. Good. Oh, well, the heat was crazy loud too, but the AC was always a little bit louder. Yeah. Um, the AC is important because, like I said, I can't handle, I can let the house get really cold and be okay. Uh, but when it gets really hot, I, I want to die. Yeah. So it, it's just, that's just the way it is. I remember when, uh, I was recovering from my gallbladder surgery, I was just laying on the couch with a, with the air conditioning like on 70 degrees and a box fan pointed at me. Cause it was just like, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> I can't allow anything uncomfortable to add to this. Yeah. 
So, in fact, I should bust out the box fan. Mm-hmm. I should do yeah. that. I should do that. But uh, how is he? I wonder how he's doing. The, the box, box fan? fan? Yeah. yeah, I hope he's well. Um, but no, it, yeah. It's, uh, so I keep it as cool as I can afford. I mean, I can afford to. It's just I try not to be wasteful. But at the same time, I also have two big furry dogs. And they uh, don't seem to appreciate a very hot house either. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, I always know they, they let me know by if they're laying on the tile floor in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh Oh, you're keeping it too hot, man. Um, so, and speaking of dogs, uh, I'm very happy that we were, that by the time we started recording this, I had, I'd gotten word because this would have been an even more anxious, uh, recording if I was still waiting to find out if Henwolf was good from surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So my dog Henwolf had to go in for minor surgery. I keep saying minor surgery because I don't want I didn't want people to freak out. And that's why I didn't even bother posting about it on Facebook or anything mm-hmm. until she was out. Because I didn't want people to freak out. I mean, yeah, it's like don't get me wrong, I was very anxious. I don't like the idea of her having surgery just because I'm paranoid. Uh, mm-hmm. but I also like the idea of her living a long, healthy life, which requires some occasional surgery. Mm-hmm. Um well, and well, you know, it's important to keep in mind that like cleaning a dog's teeth is technically surgery. Um, in order to clean a dog's teeth properly and thoroughly and make sure that they have a healthy, uh, you know, dental, uh, they have good dental health, you have to put them under anesthesia to really wow. examine and clean the teeth. Well, it's just so incredibly uncomfortable for the dog. Yeah. I mean, I had, I mean, when I had my, uh, wisdom teeth cut out, they told me that pretty much the reason they put me under is not because of the pain. It's because of the awkwardness of the way they're going to pull and bend my jaw. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. They they said that it basically is like guaranteed panic attack if we try to do it while you're awake. Wow. Like, yeah. cause we're like wrenching. Well, cause afterward, um, you haven't had jaw surgery, have you? Uh, I mean, I've had my wisdom teeth out. If that, but did they pull them or did they cut them out through a surgery? They, they made, I went to sleep. I don't know. I guess they cut okay. them out through a surgery cause they weren't, they weren't hanging out in my mouth yet. They were still doing yeah. their stuff. All four of mine were impacted. They were all growing into mine. Okay. I think two of mine were impacted or something. Well, then you probably remember the the, the sides of your jaws felt Mm -hmm. like little rocks. The muscles. They they were really hard for like a day. Man, I don't remember that now. I do because it was so bizarre. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But but like uh, a lot of the reason that like you can't open your jaw very wide after the surgery and stuff is because of just the amount of like stretching Ow. And uh, and trauma they've put your jaw muscles through because they got to get in there, man. Yeah, got to really get in there. So, but though, so with dogs, it's a similar thing. Also, as a dog gets older, it's very common to need some of their smaller teeth removed mm-hmm. uh, because as they chip or crack really bad, um, leaving them in can lead to you know worse dental health and more yeah. infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my my poor mama's uh, Shih Tzu. You know, they, they weren't big on the teeth cleaning. So, you know, when they found out like, oh, her teeth are not looking so good instead of needing, you know, two teeth removed every three or four years, she needed like seven teeth removed all at once. Wow. You know, which is rough. Mm -hmm. So, but it made her breath smell way better and you know, all that stuff. So it was good for her. So two years ago, almost two and a half years ago, I had Henwolfen for surgery uh, to get a teeth cleaning and we knew to get some teeth removed. Uh, cause she had a few that weren't great. She has a mouthful of pretty problem looking teeth that are actually pretty healthy. Oh. Uh, but a few of them are bad. 
Um, I, I remember I got her when she was between four and six years old. We don't know exactly how old, roughly mm-hmm. between four and six years old. And we have no clue what her life was like previously, but she definitely bit some hard stuff, probably cages. Yeah. Um, well, she was caged so much uh, when she went into the system. Yeah. So, but, and she, I mean, she bit the cage I put her in for a little while. So, but anyway, so, you know, the, what they, the, the typical way that they do it is they give you an estimate mm-hmm. of what the, what the teeth cleaning is going to cost. And they give you a high and a low estimate. The low being if everything goes absolutely exactly the way they want, and the high being if things don't go exactly the way they want. And one of the things is if, like Henwolf, you're going in with no teeth planned to be removed, but then when they're really in there, they find out some teeth do need to come out, uh, then it's going to cost like about maybe $200 per tooth extra. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And we're talking like a $700 procedure, roughly, give or take. Um, so I did get the call that they found two teeth that actually did need to come out small ones, uh, just like last time, two of them. Mm. Uh, so it's going to cost more than I thought. Um, but so also since a dog is, since you're already putting your dog under anesthesia, it's good to get as much done as possible while they're under. Sure. So on top of that, Henwolf is prone to fatty tumors. Uh, when I got her, she had, uh, two really big fat, well, two, uh, noticeable fatty tumors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had them removed while we had her teeth cleaned, which also makes it more expensive, but it's cheaper and safer than having to put her under a year later just to get the tumors removed. Right. Right. So, um, so she had one tumor that was, we knew for a fact was a cyst. Like not a, not a big deal. We knew for a fact. And one that was on her neck, which, uh, the vet didn't quite express to me that they were worried about the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Um, now the, the vet said that they think, you know, it's probably fine, but it's, yeah. but, but when they look at a tumor, they can usually, there are usually two ways they can look at a tumor. They either look at it as like, this is perfectly fine, or I can't tell if this is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, that, those are the only two judgments. So she, they told me, you know, it's like $300 to get it tested at a lab to mm-hmm. make sure it has no cancer or anything. And she just said, eh, if you have the $300, I would do it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I don't, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> All I heard was do it or you're a bad pet parent and no one will like you. <laughs> so, uh, but so right now, as you and I are speaking, Wolfie is awake. Um, they removed both tumors very successfully. Um, one big plus for Wolfie getting fatty tumors is she's part St. Bernard and they have really loose skin. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So they can take really wide margins around the tumors. Yay. Which is very helpful because if it turns out that the tumor is malignant, they can be like, well, we took, you know, four inches out from the tumor. Mm-hmm. So there's less of a likelihood of it spreading or coming back. Yeah. So, but that's really good. Cause then when they stitch it together, her skin just, you know, compensates and returns to being, you know, yeah, she's, you know, most dogs have pretty loose skin, but especially St. Bernard's do. So she's got lots of it. You can grab her by the shoulders and just like stretch her skin back. And she just Aww. looks at you like, like, I like that. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, so she's doing good. Um, she's such a weird dog. By the way, um, I get out of the car. I get her out of the car. The nurse, Henwolf loves going to the vet. So the nurse puts the leash on her and Henwolf just walks straight up the stairs and into the front door of the nurse. The end. Like, 
just excited the whole time. So, uh, I'll be picking her up, uh, in about three hours. Um, I scheduled pick up for five ten PM. Wow. So that's going to be pretty, pretty cool. They, they like to make sure that they're pretty much done being groggy, mm-hmm. that makes uh, before they give them back to you. So, they, you know, you don't want them to drive home groggy. No, no, so. no. And Henwolf gotta, will be driving me home cause I'll yeah, be tired of eating sure. French fries in the backseat. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so because generally the way this vet does it, I don't know if other vets do it this way, is uh, they schedule you a drop-off time, which is between, uh, which is in thirty-minute windows mm-hmm. between eight o'clock and ten o'clock. So the week of the surgery, they'll give you a call and be like, "Okay, your drop-off is between eight thirty and nine, or eight and eight thirty, or nine and nine thirty, or nine thirty and 10. Right. So they're like, "Okay, so that's when you drop off." Well, I got the call; it's between eight and eight thirty. Mm-hmm. Um. So you drive up, you drop off the dog. Right now, everything is, is you know, COVID safe. So they come to your car and uh, get the dog from you after you sign the paperwork. And then uh, they call you once the surgery is all good. And then they have a similar thing where they have windows to schedule a pickup. Um, and I believe they start okay. at 4.30 and end at 7 p.m. Okay. So when I was able to book Henwolf for 5.10 p.m. So that's, that's so, I mean, I... I totally understand that, but it just sounds like you're ordering food. So I'm not going to eat my dog, Michelle. I mean, it would be hard. You know? would, I mean, she's big and strong. Yeah. So you still, I, I, I am looking forward to when you eventually get to meet Henwolf. You got to come out and see us. I okay. think you'd like her. See you in 2022. <laughs> but, um, but no, so yeah, they said she's doing good. And, uh, I shouldn't worry, but I worry. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, No, I understand. So you should have heard the relief in my voice when they said, yeah, we call you the moment she wakes up to schedule the pickup. I was like, oh, good. Mm -hmm. I was afraid I was going to have to ask. (laughs) I was got to be like, can you call me the moment she wakes up, please? Um, it it could be like my car where it's like, (laughs) uh, we'll, we'll call you. And then I wait for like five hours and I'm like, okay, (laughs) do I call them? And then it's, I call them and they're like, oh, it's done. It's you know what's funny is it's, it is a lot like getting, dropping your car off for work though. Cause like mm-hmm. they'll ask you like what price point, like how much more than you're expecting would we need? Like if there's $300 in additional charges, do you want us to call you? Mm-hmm. Or would you like us to set the cap at like, if there's $500 in additional charges, we'll call you. Yeah. So I am reckless. So I just said, do whatever, yeah. you know, like, um, I'm praying it's going to be less than $2,000. I, I mean, I they probably gave her a new muffler and <laughs> repainted her. So well, when, I, I first, when I first got her, it was like I had to put like sixteen or $1,700 on her right Yeah, away. when you buy new cars. I mean, I mean, when you buy a used car, that's what happens. She was a gently used certified pre-owned dog. Thank <laughs> you very much, Michelle so okay you don't i don't appreciate people misrepresenting my dog's resale value (laughs) (laughs) um but no yeah that was literally the way i looked at it um so yeah it's funny uh, it's just like it's like clockwork i literally got out of the the pretty much the majority of all debt i had in the world yesterday or today or yeah it was yesterday and today I need to put like a bunch on a uh, medical credit card. The good thing about the medical credit card is it's 18 months, same as cash. Okay. 
So that's, I mean, so, I mean, I'm using that and then I'll decide how much I can pay right away after it's on the balance, Mm -hmm. which I think is the reasonable way to do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it'll be fine. Yeah. I'll be fine. I'm just going to eat my own legs for breakfast. Okay. I mean, if that's what you want. <laughs> for a second, you're like, okay. I mean, it's a little late for breakfast. That's what I thought you were going to. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Next time. <laughs> Next time. But uh, I will say it's interesting having only mm-hmm. Chicano, my timid boy dog here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is laying right by my feet. He, yeah. has, he has not really left my side since I got back without Henwolf. Um, I left him with Rachel this Please morning. I didn't want him to be me. alone. Oh gosh. She's really crying. Oh, come here. Come here. Come here. Poor Giggs. Okay, Giggs is Michelle's do. cat for those who don't know. You can do it. I believe in you. You just got to climb. Oh, do you want me to pick you up? You don't need me to pick you up. You could do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. There you go. She's like, she really doesn't like me in this bathroom. Uh, is it her bathroom? No, nobody goes in this bathroom. It's it's the it's the off limits bathroom. Actually, oh my god! Please don't knock the microphone. Actually, <laughs> it is the off limits bathroom because it's connected to the basement, and there's no way to open to keep this bathroom open and not have the basement directly open. So yeah, and you don't want your cat hanging out in the basement too much. Yeah, because I mean she likes the basement, but I don't want her to be down there unsupervised because there's like power tools. And saws. You don't and want I'm just her playing afraid with she, that stuff. Yeah, she's just not. She's not reasonable enough. Um, I, I just don't want her to start a project and then I have to pay for it. <laughs> fair, fair point. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, I was told that after Henwolf and I left, Chicano sat at the door for twenty minutes. Aww. So. You know, I think I think they've bonded pretty well. So that's uh, that's really sad. Just in case Henwolf isn't feeling super like dealing with shit, I'm not going to bring Chicano to pick her up because mm-hmm. she may just be like, "Get out of my fucking way!" Because yeah. she's she's like, "Get out of my fucking way!" When she's well, yeah. <laughs> so uh, luckily, he doesn't take it personally anymore. When she shoves him out of the way with brute force, he just kind of goes, "Okay." Like, I get it. Like, you're not trying to hurt me, but if I get hurt, it's my own fault. (laughs) That's the way of the dog. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's, he's just laying on the floor, all stretched out in my office. He's very fluffy. That's good. Yeah. I wanted to spend the day with him, but we have thunderstorms all day. I wanted to take him out, but it is nasty out and it's like muggy hot. It's 70% humidity. That seems high. Uh, I mean, it's, it's high, you know, it's not 90% humidity like it was last week here, but you know, Jesus, it was, it was that one day that was hard that day. It never <laughs> felt okay all day. <laughs> it doesn't sound okay. So, yeah. well, I was like in, a, it was one of those where like, you know, like when you're like in a place, like a really cold place, like a business mm-hmm. and you come out. And it's really muggy out. It feels like terrible. <laughs> you know that thing? Yeah. Um, no, I get but, it. But like usually like after a while I'll adjust. And I just never adjusted that day. I was just uncomfortable. Yep. That's yeah, you just had to kind of give in on it. Yeah. Be like, well, this is my life now. Exactly. 
So, but uh, yeah, so dog stuff. Um, yeah. They're doing good. Chicano's doing great. So good. he's just, I don't think he's going to love when I put him in the crate by himself no, and leave, no. but it'll be fine. He loved yeah. going to the post office, just the two of us. He kept walking between Henwolf's spot and his spot in the back of the car. <laughs> he was just like, wow, I have all the options. Yeah. So he's a good boy. Anyway, I could talk about my pets forever. Um, <laughs> you can if you want. It's been, this has been a long week for me. I have yeah. a lot of things I need to do. Yeah. Um, and that's hard sometimes. Yeah. Um, I have like an immense amount of paperwork, paperwork. I'm in the process of filing. I mean, a lot of paperwork and it's very, it's not only stressful and annoying, but boring. Yeah. Which is great. Sometimes I mean, that's what you want. Well, sometimes it's nice to do like boring, mindless work. It's not mindless. I have to like very like heavily locate all of this documentation and okay. organize it. So <laughs> I wish it was mindless. Yeah. No, it, I have to like really think a lot and anything I can't find, I have to, I have to create. So uh, the movie business is very, very glamorous. It People is. don't even know. It, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I've got like lots of paperwork to do. I'm, I'm working on a couple of, um, post-production jobs, uh, and those aren't as boring, but they're not <laughs> as pressing either. Mm-hmm. So anytime I work on them, I'm totally taking time away from the thing that I need to get done as soon as possible. Yeah. So of course I'm working on it a lot, you know, um, <laughs> you don't have, I don't know. I don't know. So you don't know what? I don't know what's going on. I'm just here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I. <laughs> so, but my point was just that, so I did not do what I normally do, which is sit and really think about what our episode is going to be about. <laughs> so I do apologize that uh, I am too boring and that I'm not giving Michelle what she needs to be a phenomenal performer. It's no, you're, you're doing what you need to do. And I am just really, really high anxiety right now. So, well, why are you high anxiety right now? I don't know. You don't know at all. I'm not, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it's just everything. Um, some days are just not as good as other days. Like I had a day two days ago that I felt okay. And I was like, wow. And then (laughs) yes, then that was it. I do, I do get that because I have days, uh, that are a lot better. Mm-hmm. Today's like a very middle day yesterday. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Correction. Today's a very middle day after I got the call that Henwolf was awake. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden I could like, you know, sit like not perfectly straight backed and stuff. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I can, I could relax for a minute sort yeah. of, uh, but I think it was Monday. Monday or Sunday where, where I was just like, I think, no, Sunday. I was just a complete and utter mess of stress. Yeah, I wasn't, um, I don't think I was good on Sunday, but I wasn't good on, yeah, I wasn't good on Sunday or Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, and, and, and those are examples I'm giving without anything that I can pinpoint that did it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And nothing happened whatsoever. I just yeah. wasn't feeling good. So. 
but it's fun. It's fine. We all like our anxieties. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you love it, right? It's good times. I mean, it, it's what I'm used to. So it must be, <laughs> it must be okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what are you watching right now? Any animes? Um, uh, I just finished watching Steins Gate, because I'm way behind in the world. Steins Gate. Steins Gate. This is a Japanimation? Yes. You, you did ask me what anime, right? <laughs> yes. I was simply... Well, I, w- I want to say I was simply confirming, but really, I just wanted to use the phrase Japanimation because yeah. I feel like I'm the only one that remembers when they tried to make that the la- the mo- <laughs> the label for anime in America. You, in you might be because like I don't remember that. They pushed that really hard for a little while that it was the Japanimation block. Uh, it might have been on MTV. Yeah, um, and then I really don't somewhere, know. one of those places, one of those Viacom channels that they first test marketed anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was either MTV or Cartoon Network or one of those, but they would call mm-hmm. it the Japanimation block. And and I was like, whoa, it's animation, but from Japan, animation. <laughs> I mean, could be. I guess. I mean, I don't know. But what? So what's uh? So I, I, my, my brain wants to remember it as Steinmart because there is a store <laughs> called Steinmart down the street from my house. Yeah. What's, it, what's it called again? Steinsgate. Steinsgate. Yes. So it's about a Jewish man who has a gate. It is literally not. Those are just two words. And I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, it's not like one of those, one of those times where it's like, Oh, they, they picked two words and I don't know why these two words are together. Like, like, like the anime screwed it up or like the, the mangaka like was like, I just picked some words. Um, or, or even, or even like in a situation like fruits basket where like, there's actually a reason it's called that, but it sounds like it's just two words. Um, uh, but this is really just like nothing because what it is, is it's about this, uh, this mad scientist with air quotes just this like 23 year old dude who like thinks he's like awesome and he like thinks he's a mad scientist and he has like a an alias name is a hohoin kyoma or something um but uh it's like he's just he just and he like laughs like a mad scientist and so he just talks about steinsgate which is just something that he came up with and there's someone even remarks that's like it's super weird that it is german and english combined and they don't understand but that like he weird. doesn't yeah, he doesn't even know what it is. And he like sometimes like will take his phone out and act like he's talking to someone on it. And <laughs> then so then say El Sai Kangaroo, which also doesn't mean anything. Um <laughs> and uh like all the characters are like super weird. But it's but it's really it ends up like and it's really hard because a lot of the characters, all of them are like not likable in the beginning, obviously. Especially the main character, you know, being that he is, you know, at least slightly delusional about how cool he is. And they just, he just, like, rents an apartment that is, like, their their quote-unquote lab where, like, him and his friends, like, just make stuff. You know, they, like, they're like, well, what if we just did this with this? So so they're at this point where um, they, they have this microwave that they did something, like, it's the phone microwave. 
Um, where like they hooked up a phone to a microwave, I guess, to make the microwave work or something. I don't really know. They didn't explain what they did. I don't even think they know what they did. And they, when they cook things in it, when they put a banana in it, um, it the banana turns into green gel. And they're like, "What is it? What's going on? Why is why is it making gel nanas?" Um, and it turns out they've accidentally created a time machine. Um, so it's just all about that, and it, it goes from being like kind of lighthearted and kind of like I don't know what's going on here to like really really sad for the rest of the time, and having to do with um um what's that called uh um um come on I can do this because it is something that I that I am interested in um. Um, when the thing, uh, quantum, quantum, um, quantum suicide has a lot to do with that. Um, and yeah, it's actually, it's actually really, really fucking good. Um, but I, I, I had started watching it a couple of times and stopped because I was like, I don't like this. Um, I just had to get through the first couple episodes. So that's, yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Sorry. No, that was fascinating um it's, I, it's so good <laughs> i'm glad that you like it uh wow you know i so um i have been this is ve- relatively related uh mm-hmm. i have been revisiting one of my earliest aside from godzilla uh one of my earliest japanese uh art media influences mm-hmm. which is the of course the japanese deathmatch wrestling mm. and i keep telling you that i wish to help you gain a broader perspective of japanese culture through their media than just anime mm-hmm. that like you should you know watch godzilla movies and then you should but i totally ignore and like uh you know and, and uh you know, Japanese horror movies or Japanese, you know, popular movies in each decade. Yeah. But yeah I've definitely watched Japanese horror movies. You have? And, yeah. Which one? Oh, like Ringu and stuff? Um, I watched something that in like a, there was a, I had a, I had a horror movie class in college where we just watched horror movies. Um, college is such a friggin', such a, such a racket. That was like the best class because literally I took it because I was like, oh, are we just going to watch horror movies? And we just watched horror movies the whole time. And we like discussed them a little <laughs> bit. And I think the, like our final was like, just talk about like a movie that you liked and explain yeah. things. Um, but we definitely watched a couple of Japanese horror films and I don't remember what they were offhand, but they were it was probably like Ringu and Juwan were probably it wasn't, those were, like the most famous ones. It wasn't Ringu because I know what that is. It was something that I wasn't familiar with. Might've been Juwan or audition. I think mm-hmm. auditions Japanese. Um, cause I, I'm not going to lie, especially when, uh, when their titles have been in, put into English, it's sometimes hard for me to remember off the top of my head. If it's like Korean or mm-hmm. Japanese, because they both have really good horror movie output. Mm-hmm. Uh, in both countries. Um, well, uh, that's so you had a you took a horror movie class. That was that was a nice class. And somehow you didn't see Nightmare on Elm Street. No, we we watched like weird. That's and that's the other reason I don't think it was a really popular one because we watched like the weirdest things. Um, <laughs> we watched just a like a. A documentary about a slaughterhouse. Whoa. That was 
That That's was weird. it was it's it no 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 it, it was like it's like a French documentary and it was apparently like super important. So it was about a slaughterhouse in France in like the nineteen somethings. Um it was an abattoir? I don't know. That's what that's French for slaughterhouse. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't like it was, you know, I I unless I don't know how old everyone thinks I have been I am, but I've been out of college for long enough that I don't remember any of this stuff. So It's okay. I I can I appreciate I feel- it. Oh man. Yeah. So. But uh well so on top of Japanese horror, something that I've only touched on in talking to you in general a little bit is Japanese professional wrestling, which is really fascinating because in Japan, especially in the 80s and 90s, wrestling was such a big deal that wrestling events would be held in stadiums. I mean, like the amount of people that would buy a that would buy wrestling pay per views would come and see them live in Japan. Forty thousand, wow. fifty thousand, sixty thousand people for regular events. Wow! And one of the things Japan invented, sort of, in pro wrestling, was what was called the death match. And these are matches where there are specific weapon stipulations, like. Um, Bar, like a board with barbed wire stapled to it that you can throw your opponent on. Um, or um, one of the more popular ones that came later in the early 90s were um, ring ropes being removed and replaced with barbed wire with explosive charges on them. So you shove your opponent into them and they explode a little bit. Oh. And now, you know, obviously it's professional wrestling, so the mm-hmm. the, the endings are predetermined. But you really are getting slammed on like a pile of thumbtacks. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. That, that's another one where uh, it was just thumbtacks all over the ring. Yeah, I don't want that. That's, that's not good. Uh, uh, other things, uh, one of my favorite death matches I ever saw when I was younger was one where if there was no winner after I think it was 15 minutes, then the ring just explodes. Wow. And there was no winner, and it's so great because you hear as the countdown starts to like go go over over the loudspeakers, the referee runs out of the ring, and both the wrestlers just drop to the floor and cover their heads as the ring explodes. <laughs> and you're like, cool. Um, other weapons that were common, uh, fluorescent light tubes. They would put put them against the ring ropes, so when you run into the ring ropes, you bash oh, into a bunch of fluorescent oh. ring tube light tubes. Yeah. In America, there are deathmatch uh, deathmatch tournaments now. In fact, one of the biggest companies that runs deathmatches is based out of Philly. Hmm. Um, but they have to run their deathmatch in Delaware because in Delaware they can still get permits uh, hmm. to hold the event. But no uh, no venue will host it, so they actually host it on the owner's uh, parents' <laughs> farm in Delaware. I'm not kidding. It's it's his parents' acreage, and they put the ring up, and they put out chairs, because it's the only way that they can do the show, because no venue is going to hold a death match. Yeah. I I like Delaware, though. It's it's good. (laughs) I'm glad you like Delaware. I don't, like, go there a lot, but, like, they don't have any taxes on purchases. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've never been. I would like to go. Yeah, it's okay. I've, you know... It's a place. I'd like to be able to reference Wayne's world standing in Delaware. Whoa, (laughs) we're in Delaware. 
Whoa. Um, but yeah, so, so deathmatch wrestling is crazy and things like, uh, getting, you know, thrown onto cinder blocks, getting thrown. Uh, now a lot of this stuff is kind of old school carny tricks, like putting a, a cinder block on someone's chest and hitting it with a, with a sledgehammer or a baseball bat to break it. That's just an old carnival trick. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Another one that I, I, I was rewatching a couple last night because uh, I wanted context because I only remembered them. I, I didn't really, un, you know, I didn't properly remember them. I remembered them from years ago. Mm-hmm. One of them, they did a bed of nails match and you have a bed of nails like, like, you know, like a carnival performer would lay on, mm-hmm. which means that the trick is you lay flat on it. Yeah. And the, and, if you're really unlucky or the force is very great, they pen, they would puncture your skin just barely, right, but they right. wouldn't penetrate right. and cause, you know, grievous bodily harm. Mm-hmm. Well, as I was watching the match, I noticed, you know, that when they would fall on the bed of nails, they'd fall flat, which you're supposed to fall flat in wrestling anyway. Mm-hmm. But there was one moment where he put a bed and the guy put a bed of nails on top of someone and, and was going to jump <laughs> on it. And literally as the bed of nails is laying on the guy, I'm like, Oh God, he has his arm up like to protect him. And I'm like, dude, if he doesn't move his arm, those nails are going to go right through his arm. Yeah. And at the last second, he moves his arm out and lets the bed of nails be like completely across his chest. And then the guy hits him and he's okay. Ish. Uh, he was bleeding. Um, but the other moment was he fell out of the ring and accidentally landed elbow first on the bed of nails. And I could see that it went into his arm a little bit because that's not how you're supposed to do that. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is this is the culture you like so much, you know? Yeah. No, Japan just has a very fascinating relationship with certain kinds of extreme sports. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing, I don't know if you knew this about Japanese wrestling, because in general, Japanese wrestling is more brutal. Um, They tend to do what's called shoot style, which is like, they try to make it look really convincing. So they're like punching each other extremely hard and mm-hmm. dropping each other on their heads, which is now not considered to be okay because yeah. of what we've learned about long-term head injuries. Yeah. yeah like rep- repetitive concussions in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because people break, you know, their necks get hurt. The craziest thing is that like they'll do King of the Deathmatch tournaments and nobody has to go to a hospital at the end somehow. Wow. I mean, they might need a paramedic to staple them up, but they don't need to go to the hospital. Um, but, uh, but one thing about Japanese wrestling to keep in mind is like the audience applauds good sportsmanship. Hmm. So like if there's a clean break of a hold, the audience will applaud. They applaud, you know, excellent moves. Um, and they, but they really applaud sportsmanship. So, which also makes it very easy to be a bad guy. Cause if you walk in there and you know, a guy puts his hand out and you knock it away or you kick him while he's bowing, they're going to mm-hmm. boo you. Yeah. You're a bad dude. Yeah. You're not nice. Yeah. Can't you bow to the guy, then throw him in the tank of piranha, which was a thing I watched. They had a tank with piranha. Wow. That are like less than the size of the palm of your hand. And I mean your palm of your hand. They're very small. Okay, that's small. <laughs> They're very small. Um, and it was so funny because like they fall in the piranha tank. And you're like, this is not as cool as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think the piranha are doing anything. I think they're well- just scared. Well, yeah, they're like, why is there a person in here now? We're just <laughs> yeah, hanging and out. And it's a tank that, you know, is like big enough to barely hold a person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like- so they're real scared. 
Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's like an aquarium almost. So oh. um but uh yeah, piranha tank. And then yeah, but the, the 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 most brutal is considered to be the removing the ring ropes and replacing them with the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Because but, that's just heinous. That sounds yeah. So I that was thinking bad. next time you and I sit down to watch some two seven, I'll pull up some Japanese death matches. Okay. And you can learn about their culture. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because no joke. The only reason I even thought about Japanese death matches was because of watching anime with you hmm. because not to say that they're exactly the same, but like, I see a lot of things in like the anime you show me that remind me of other Japanese media I've consumed throughout my lifetime. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But it's also just kind of fascinating to think that, you know, because it's an outside culture, it's easy to look at our culture and go, yeah, well, everything interconnects because, like, here I am. Like, I've done, I've watched it. (laughs) But it's really fascinating for me to watch, like, a Japanese cartoon and be like, this is reminding me of 25-year-old, you know, Japanese wrestling. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I guess they probably watched it when they were kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to sidetrack from your your what you're no, gonna say you should, you should definitely oh. get us away from japanese death matches as quickly uh, it, it, i mean it was it is slightly related but like i've noticed um because i don't really think about it so much when i when i watch anime um but uh-huh. there's a there's a um like a kind of computer animated like cartoon thing i don't know what it is called ruby that looks kind of like anime and I actually didn't know if it was like Western or anime for a while. And I heard the the characters. I mean, it was dubbed or it was in English. So I was, but like listening to like the context of what they were talking about and even like the movements characters were making, I was like, oh, it's, it's, it's American, like immediately. And I didn't realize that things were that different until I saw it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the situations and the dialogue is just totally totally different um i don't know that's what i got no i mean that that's interesting though and and it's something that has definitely fascinated me because i forget that as a little kid i was watching like godzilla mm-hmm. and therefore have a little idea of what japanese people were into because they were really into those movies they were yeah. very popular yeah. um so also another fun thing about uh about watching Japanese wrestling is with the men, it can be a little complicated, like who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But with the women, it's like, okay, so I think the good guy is the one that looks like a power ranger. <laughs> and I think the bad guy is the one with the dyed hair. Who's really big. I was going to say dyed hair. <laughs> yeah. Dyed hair. Yeah. <laughs> But like, because that's another thing that's popular in Japanese wrestling is that the the de- generally the bad guy female wrestlers uh, tend to be large, like mm-hmm. they tend to be very big, strong women, mm-hmm. um, and the and then which is not super common in female right. wrestling. So uh, they tend to be basically monsters, and they'll have like ridiculous hair, like spiked, like Liberty spikes and stuff. Wow. And of course, it'll be dyed because anybody who dyes their hair, I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's actually crazy because I, I I didn't know about the whole like you know Japanese don't dye your hair, don't have brown hair and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So now I'm, uh, when I watch like old wrestling from the nineties, I'm like, whoa, that female wrestler had like really dyed hair in like 1994, mm-hmm. and it's still frowned upon. Yeah, it's wild. 
It's weird. It is, it's strange. So uh, this is what happens when I don't uh, heavily think of a format. We end up talking about Japanese death matches. Um, Sorry. I blame you. It's your fault. You encouraged me. You didn't just go, no, no. Okay. And next time I'll just no. say no. No, it's okay. And then I'll be like, buddy, hit him with a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. I'll be like, I don't know what that means. Know you what know what that means. means. I don't know what those words are. Thanks for listening. You can email us at thisshowisawkward at gmail.com or go to awkwardshow.com or whatever. See you next time. <laughs>